Welcome to the Pets Who Thrive podcast, where we cover all areas of natural animal health and challenge what we've been conditioned to think regarding how to raise and keep a healthy pet. My name is Tammy. I'm an entrepreneur and a certified animal naturopath with a passion for animals and empowering other pet owners with tools for creating the healthiest version of your amazing pets. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome to today's episode. I am so glad that you're here. Uh, Dr. Todd Cooney, DVM and homeopathic veterinarian is joining us again. This episode is all about empowering you to take back power of attorney of the health of your pets by standing up for what you feel is truly in the best interest of your pets. Welcome, Dr. Todd. I am so glad you're here today speaking about this very important topic. Well, thanks, Tammy. I'm glad to be with you. Yeah, so before we get into the details of this episode, I would love to start with a quote that is by philosopher Ralph Waldo Emerson, and it's about courage. Whatever you do, you need courage. Whatever course you decide upon, there is always someone to tell you that you are wrong. There are always difficulties arising that tempt you to believe that your critics are right. To map out a course of action and follow it to an end requires some of the same courage that a soldier needs. So I know sometimes it does does take some courage because we're talking about, um, you know, standing up to your veterinarian about some of the things that you feel really passionately about. Exactly. Yeah. So thinking about how the conventional veterinary model looks, um, what would you say... You know, like a lot of it's kind of, it seems like it's based on fear. So you have fear of getting this, you know, if you don't get this vaccination, you're going to get the, you know, fill in the blank. Um, If you don't take this medication, you know, it could lead to, you know, fill in the blank. So I was wondering if you could just maybe shed some light on how this approach has become so ingrained into the veterinarian system. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the the veterinary world trying to copy the human medical world so much. And human medicine is totally based on fear these days. Probably has been for a while, but, um, you know, it's um, a fear. I read an article once about how they teach medical students and even MDs on how to use fear as a tool, you know, how to use fear to motivate their patients I mean, they have classes on it. They, mm, they have goodness. lectures on how to use fear, you know, like exactly what you said. If you don't do this, this will happen or that won't happen. And so um, I have one book um, by a naturopath named Larry Malerba. It's called Green Medicine. And he totally calls conventional medicine fear-based medicine. He doesn't even beat around the bush. So it's, oh, wow. so it's, it's all fear-based medicine. So I think a lot of veterinary medicine has followed after that because veterinarians, unfortunately, try to be like their physician counterparts a lot of times. Sure. And so whatever tactics they're using, the veterinarians will <coughs> will definitely use those too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most recent example was a few years ago, I think, when the canine influenza um, appeared on the on the scene and hit the news. You probably remember that. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, everyone was in a panic about dogs getting influenza and how your dog needed to go rush in and get a flu shot, um, which 
wasn't even available at the time. They had to hurry and make one canine influenza vaccine. Oh my gosh! Wow. And now it's required as part of the ritual of vaccinations, and it's based on fear. Mm-hmm. And the truth of it is that dogs hardly ever get the flu, and if they do, it's mild and they get over it on their own. Sure. Sounds a little like COVID. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> so, anyway, fear fear definitely sells things. And, um, you know, fear motivates people. I mean, I guess it's just human nature that mm-hmm. we will do things out of fear a lot of times. Sure. Well, and then many pet parents may have, like, that gut feeling. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to vaccinate or I don't want to take these prescriptions that they're pushing on me but they really just don't know what else to do. Um, what would you advise those pet parents to do? Well, I think the first thing I would, I would say is there are, there are a lot of good options out there besides the conventional recommendations. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're working with a veterinarian and the only options they have are vaccines and drugs, it, it might pay to educate yourself a little bit and look into alternative options, you know, whether it be um, uh, homeopathy, which is my favorite, or acupuncture, mm-hmm. herbal medicine, chiropractic. There are a lot of different ways to help treat chronic problems, which is mostly what we see are chronic problems. And also educate yourself on nutrition, you know, which, which Tammy knows a lot about that for sure. Sure. And um, a lot of things can empower you to take charge and make better, you know, make good decisions for your pet. Right. So just maybe even seeking out um, an alternative, um, either veterinarian, like like yourself, homeopathic veterinarian, but also I think you touched on nutrition. And that's so key because when you, key, yeah. you know, you think about, you know, the foundation of a house and that, you know, if it's, if it's cracked, everything else is unsteady. And it can crumble. And, you know, that's kind of how I look at nutrition. You know, if they're not getting what their body is, is you know, seeking, you could you could be on troubled ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the immune system works so much better when you're feeding them what they were designed to be fed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, it's like Hippocrates said thousands of years ago, he said, let food be your medicine. Exactly. And medicine yes. be your food. And, exactly right. Yep. Yeah. If the diet is bad, it doesn't matter how good the medicine is. A lot of times it won't help a whole lot until the diet improves. Right. So that is a real key thing. And and that's another area where I think conventional veterinary medicine has failed a lot of people because they don't know a lot about nutrition and they tend to just recommend certain prescription diets. Yeah. And, you know, that aren't aren't the best quality of nutrition. So, and a lot of vets, it's because the vet schools aren't teaching it. You know, they're letting the pet food companies teach nutrition to the vet students, which is the same thing that happened when I was in vet school back in the 80s. Sure. And so you get a you get a bunch of veterinarians that are taught by pet food companies to only feed these diets, which is why if my clients go to the vet school in emergency and tell them they're feeding a raw diet, they get a lecture from the veterinarians at the vet school to stop feeding the raw diet. 
Yes. And, and so how do you, so in a, in the, that moment, um, you know, thinking about that pet parent sitting there in front of the veterinarian who is, you know, maybe getting, they're giving a lecture on why it's so bad. Um, what would be some words of wisdom to help that pet parent through that? Um, well, I would, I would just calmly stand your ground, you know, first of all, be confident in your decision to do things that way, because it's a good decision. First of all, I think it is a great decision. Yeah. And so, you know, they will try to uh, go on the offense and catch you off guard and make you feel, you know, intimidate you with their knowledge. But you can come right back at that and say, well, uh, there's a lot of evidence that raw feeding is the best way to go, mm-hmm. you know, for, for animals, you know, especially dogs and cats. Um, a minimal processing, um, fresh ingredients, things like this. There's just no comparison, you know, and you can look at the animals that are fed that way and you can see it. Absolutely. There's a huge and, uh, difference. Yes. Yeah. So there's, there's no arguing with the, with the results really. And I, and I see it every day. I mean, I can tell if a dog isn't on a good diet just about as soon as I uh, lay eyes on them. So, oh, yeah. So I guess that'd be the first thing is just be confident in your own approach, you know, and what you're doing. And, um, and, and just assume that there's probably going to be some disagreement, that they may not agree with the holistic approach. Right. And I think the other thing, too, is it's not about trying to get into a debate or, you know, making a very adversarial situation. But just like you said, you know, calmly and firmly, um, you know, state your ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You don't have to get into a big heated argument or even a heated discussion, but um, just, you know, just calmly stating your, your truth. And saying, you know, if you have to, well, you know, I, I respectfully disagree and I want to do things this way. Mm-hmm. So, and so, and what, how that. do you advise, like from a veterinarian's perspective, what would be some words of wisdom for that pet parent that is in front of a veterinarian who is getting pressured to take all the latest new vaccinations? I mean, you know, they have one for everything these days. Yeah. And, you know, and again, they're given the the fear-based, you know, argument. And so the pet parent is feeling very much like, well, gosh, this vet's got to know. And and I don't know. And certainly, you know, they went to school and I'm overwhelmed by this. So, and if I don't do it, I'm not a good pet parent. You know, there's all this that goes, you know, in in the head. So how do you advise someone to handle that? Well, um, yeah, for, yeah. I mean, first of all, I would not give in to the pressure and, and just calmly, you know, if nothing else, you can say, well, I, I uh, need to think this over. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not going to decide right now to do this because I, I think I need more time, more information. Unless you don't need more time or information and you can just say, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, yeah. thank you. No, no thank, thank you. thank you, yes. Yeah, I just choose to do, the, do things this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and keep in mind that they have really a different worldview, you know, uh-huh. based, uh, different worldview of health and disease and medicine and 
what that means. And I know because I had that worldview for a long time. Sure. For over 20 years. And, and it was hard to change. It was hard to um, fill my head with different facts, a different knowledge base, and build new experiences based on that. Yeah. And, you know, now that I've, I've done that, I've been walking down that path for a long time, and it's, uh, it's hard to think the other way. No, I don't. Uh, sometimes, if I I decide or a client decides, you know, we need to use drugs, I have to get the book out, look up the dose, and I have to. <laughs> right. I, I don't often remember because I haven't done it for so long. So, and especially with the newer medicines, I I really am not familiar with a lot of the newer medicines that people are are using these days. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing that comes up quite a bit that I hear is, you know, but if I don't get my dog vaccinated, um, you know, mm-hmm. if I did have an emergency, they wouldn't treat him or, you know, they wouldn't do his dental, you know, or, you know, there's all these um, stipulations yeah. around that. Um, yeah. What are your what are your thoughts there? Well, um they they may not do the dental. They may not do elective things. But as far as emergency treatments, they pretty much have to treat any animal on an emergency. Yeah. Because every veterinarian has taken an oath that they will do that, that they'll provide emergency care. Now, some places will turn people away based on financial. You mm-hmm. know, you can't come up with a certain amount of money. They have to go somewhere else. But. They shouldn't be doing that. It's really unethical behavior. But yeah, and I actually had a similar, you know, an experience like that. Um, my dog, one of my dogs, he, I had a, I didn't realize this, but there was a little um, piece of my fence that was sticking out, and he went beside it and he cut a really big cut on his um, side, and unfortunately, it needed stitches. So I called um, a local veterinarian here. Mm-hmm. And the first thing they said is, we don't show that he's up to date on vaccines. And I said, that is really nobody's concern right now. My dog's got, you know, a huge gaping hole in his side, (laughs) you know, and Mm -hmm. plus I have titers. I have, you know, he has had his vaccines at one point. I just Mm -hmm. need to know, are you going to be able to treat him? And so she put me on hold and I guess she talked to the veterinarian and came back and said, yep, bring him up, bring him on in. But, you know, I guess they're taught to screen, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, yeah, because every, you know, veterinary software pops up if the vaccines are due or not. Mm. It's like an alert that comes up, like a flag. Gotcha. So it'll flag people in the system, and as you pop them up, it'll it'll show that they're, you know, past due mm-hmm. for certain things. Ours doesn't really do that. It just shows the date they had the last one and. You know, it doesn't really flag people, but, and the only vaccine we even give is rabies anyway, so. Right. It's not as big a deal, but yeah, some people will hold, um, uh, some clinics will hold people hostage, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll literally hold you hostage. You can't come in and get your dog's nails trimmed unless, you know, you've got 15-year-old Fluffy there who's got cancer and kidney failure and right. needs, her nails, needs her nails trimmed, but, you know. She's not up to date on her distemper vaccine, so you can't come in. Well, oh, that's yeah. that's not good. I mean, they're wanting to vaccinate a sick animal, and that's malpractice, in my opinion. Sure, yeah. And it should be called malpractice every time it happens. 
every one of the thousands of times it happens across the country every day. Absolutely. You know, and until people stand up and start calling it that, that's yeah. going to keep doing it. They're going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I think that's yeah. so important. You know, we just need to be able to have that. You know, what I talk to people about, too, is, you know, they it's you know they do a lot of the what ifs. You know, well, what if my vet says mm-hmm. or what if they won't, da, da, da. And, you know, I have also encouraged folks to think of it as if you're, if you had something that could be life-threatening to your child, because, you know, a lot of the people I met with, meet with have children, mm-hmm. wouldn't you stand in front of them like a mama bear and say, mm-hmm. you are not doing this. Like you mm-hmm. have that line in the sand because you mm-hmm. know, it could be life-threatening. Mm-hmm. And every time, you know, of course, there's, you know, of course, of course. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, that's the same type of conviction that you want to almost adopt at this point, because mm-hmm. this, even though I know that we've been taught that they're, you know, the, that they are due and that vaccines are just as safe as they can be. A lot of dogs have serious adverse reactions and and it can lead to death and and so many people don't realize that. Yeah. Well, and and short of causing death, we know that 100% of the time the dogs develop autoimmunity. Right. You know, with, with vaccines, they it's 100%. It's not even you're taking a chance that they might, it's that they will develop autoimmunity. And you never know if that's going to turn into a problem, but it does in a lot of cases because autoimmunity is the main cause behind most chronic disease of, of dogs. Mm-hmm. Probably of people too, but that's sure. that's a different topic. And yeah, so yeah, this thing, it's a real struggle and I, I deal with it, you know, a lot. People I talk to all over the world, actually, I've talked to people in other countries oh, who wow. go through the same struggle. Their veterinarian is trying to force them to do these things, and they don't want to do them. And, um, you know, what can they do? What I usually advise people is start to start to think outside the box. Start to go outside your usual network and look for people who are like-minded, you know. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways in, our, in the U.S. that you can do that is looking through, like, the, the holistic veterinary medical directory. There's a list of holistic practitioners, veterinary practitioners. And I think we talked about this before, mm-hmm. maybe, but it's it's just uh, ahvma.org. That's the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association. It's a really big group. There's a lot of vets there. And, <clears throat> um, there. There are some homeopaths that are members. A lot of the homeopaths are members of that group. I'm a member of that group. But um, But you'll find someone, you know, even if they're not a homeopath, they'll be more holistic-minded. And if they're practicing in a in a uh, what I would call a normal practice, a regular practice that does surgery and treatments and things like that, they could probably help you, you know, without being crazy about the vaccines being up to date. Exactly, so, where you're yeah. not just feeling so poorly mm. about yourself that you're not a good pet parent, yeah. you know, because yeah. you didn't take their recommendations. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of shaming involved, and we, yeah. you know, we see it even now with COVID vaccine. They're trying to start making people feel less than that. Yeah. Um, I heard someone talking today about the vaccine hesitancy issue. What are we going to do about this vaccine hesitancy? And um, 
<clears throat> you know, the medical profession has been dealing with that for a long time with people who don't want to vaccinate their kids. Mm-hmm. And now the veterinary field is dealing with it. People don't want to vaccinate their pets. Right. So, and it's, it's getting their attention. We're having an impact because they're starting to have articles in the mainstream veterinary journal about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how to talk to clients who don't want to vaccinate. You know, there's articles like that now. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, well, I mean, it's good that, I guess, well, are, they, are they trying to come up with um, rebuttals? Is that what you're saying? Or? Well, they, they have like a, like a script. It's like a type oh. script to tell these. I, I'm envisioning a young graduate just out of vet school. What do you do when you walk in and this older person says, well, I don't want to give my dog any vaccines. Oh, I gotcha. You know, and things that you can say to counteract that because oh they gosh. probably aren't really prepared for that. In vet school. I know I wasn't. Sure, except, yeah. You um, just thought you make a recommendation and Well, and a lot of vets will just say, you know, hey, I'm the doctor, you know, you have to trust me. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what's best. But you know, trusting doctors to know what's best I think can get you in a lot of trouble, whether it's human or animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, uh, that I mean that's why I say um, you know, do your research figure out how you really feel about this, you know, Mm -hmm. because if you're really passionate about it and um, committed, there's a lot of uh, good, good ways to um, gain more knowledge on this, on these kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. Just go talk to Tammy for one thing. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, of course. And the, but the other thing too, that I like to, you know, tell people, you know, just maybe even ask, you know, because a lot of people, they love their veterinarian and a lot of them are really good people. They're just, yeah. you know, they're just indoctrinated into a world that is kind of. They you are. Know, yeah, I think vets are some of the best people around. Yeah. I mean, no one, no one goes into veterinary medicine for the wrong reason. Of course. And it's just that they are. Yeah, they are, like you said, indoctrinated into this way of thinking, which has, you know, taken over the profession. Exactly. And so what I have encouraged those people to do, you know, if you really like your veterinarian and you want to, you know, try to stay with them, try to have a reasonable conversation and just say, Mm -hmm. hey, you know what? I've decided I don't want to give my dog any more vaccines. Would Mm -hmm. you be okay seeing my dog knowing that that's how I, you know, Mm -hmm. and if they say no, then that gives you an opportunity to maybe look outside you know, or for, or if nothing else, would they would they accept a titer and place yeah, the vaccine? Exactly. Yeah. And some vets will, some won't. Some states are now starting to accept rabies titers instead of a rabies booster. That's awesome. Uh, I wish Texas would. Well, I think I think Delaware and I heard maybe Illinois, but I know Indiana, where I am, it, it'll be a while before they do that. But. Yeah. Yeah. We were the last ones to accept the three-year rabies vaccine, I think. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and a lot of people are still doing the annual. Yeah, we have, in our own town here, we have vets doing annual. Yeah. Um, But they're using the three-year vaccine and giving it every year because they tell people it works better. It's stronger, so it'll work better. And people are like, great, give it to me. You know, so that's, that's an instance where... You really need to be educated. That's not true. Giving the three-year vaccine every year doesn't make it work better. If anything, it makes your dog sicker. Of course. Right. So um, so just learning, I think, when to recognize what's true, what's not true. Mm-hmm. 
you know, can be, it can be a challenge because, you know, the mainstream has really flooded the market with things that aren't totally true. I wrote an article a few years ago, I think it was uh, 2019 for Dogs Naturally, and it was called uh, Face Vet Bullies with the Truth. Ooh, I like that. It's in the March-April 2019 issue of Dogs Naturally, and you can find it on their website. I forgot about it earlier when we were talking, but um, but it, it talks about this topic exactly. And um, uh, But that's that's exactly what it is, is a type of bullying, I think, that goes on. Yes, I actually was thinking those same words as, as I was thinking about this topic, and yeah. because it does make people feel shameful. And yeah. you feel like if you don't comply, um, you're just, you're harming your, you're potentially harming your pet. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And you want to, you want to be able to leave there feeling empowered, you know, like, mm-hmm. gosh, this is where I stand and it's okay. It's mm-hmm. so, it's okay that we're not going to, you know, continue to give vaccinations or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. t- take the heartworm meds that, you're, you know, suggesting. Right. And I think it's like anything else is that the more you do it, the the easier it will be and the better mm-hmm. it will feel. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like learning a new skill, you know, like playing the piano or I can't play the piano very well, but, mm-hmm. um, but you just practice it. You do it, you put it into practice and it will get easier. You know, you'll, when I first started doing homeopathy, I was I was hesitant to even tell clients that I was doing it, mm-hmm. you know, let alone ask if I could treat their animal with homeopathy. And, and then I eventually got to the point where I quit asking permission and just told them, I think this is the best way to go. Let's do this. Okay. Yeah. We well, go. and part of so, that was your belief system, you know, because in the beginning, right. you probably didn't have as much confidence. No, I you didn't. Know? And I didn't have experience. I hadn't seen it working um, very much at all. So once once I started to use it, saw it working, built more and more experience. And it's the same with your with your pet. If you're a pet parent and you've got you're doing those things, you're not vaccinating, you're feeding a raw diet. After several years of having healthy animals, you start to get more confident. Yeah. You say, hey, this this really works. This is really worth it. I'm not going to let anybody talk me out of this, you know. Exactly. And yeah. that's and yeah. I think that's where it comes from is that conviction, you know. Yeah, I belief. I think you yeah, I think you have to first of all have the courage like you said to try it. Mm-hmm. And then just and then just walk by faith. Mm-hmm. Um fake it till you make it, that kind of yep. thing. Do you know yeah. I have a funny story. Um it was gosh, 11 years ago. Um I was talking to Dr. Uh, Will Falconer and we mm-hmm. were talking about his, um, you know, um, vital animals don't get heartworm and his, yeah. you know, his alternative to heartworm Excellent. protocol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember him telling me, um, mm-hmm. you know, they don't need it. And and I said, oh, my gosh, but what about what if they get it? And what about that model that you see, you know, with all <laughs> those worms? And yeah, he said, well, the heart in the jar. Yes. I mean, it's, yeah. it's so overwhelming. And. You just think instant death, you know, it's just going to suffocate the heart, you know. And um, I remember him saying that um, it isn't them that's got to get over this. It's you, Tammy, you know, because he said, 
He said, honestly, one of the things that um, you, a lot of people don't realize is that the heartworm meds are actually designed to be given every other month because um, they're good for that amount of time. But then they want to, you know, they want you to do it every month. So he said, mm-hmm. okay, so what, what about starting with that? I said, okay, you know what? I can, I can do that. Let's, let's start with every other month. Okay. And then he said, and then just, you know, start getting more confident, you know, with how you want to tackle mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I was like, you know what? At that moment I was going, I'm going to stop it. And, and it was like jumping off a cliff, you know, going, oh, my yes. gosh, I'm so scared. I'm it's so like skydiving scared. and you yes. hope your parachute opens up. Yes. And it was so <laughs> scary. But you know yeah. what? It was one of the best decisions I've ever made And yeah. because my, my dogs, they, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. they're 11 now, you know, yeah. and um, I haven't go. been giving heartworm pills, you know, this yeah. whole time. And they're yeah. healthy, you know, yeah. so. Anyway, yeah. but it, I just remember when you were talking about, you know, just kind of the confidence and the trust and walking by faith, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, that's scary. Yeah, it's real scary. And, you know, one thing that's scary about it too, I think, is that people don't like change. You know, most mm-hmm. people don't like change. I think it's human nature. But we get comfortable with things being a certain way. And a lot of people who've had dogs all their lives are comfortable with, you know, yearly exam, yearly shots. Mm-hmm. Heartworm medicine every month, flea medicine every month, and just doing it, you know, kind of like you just change the oil in your car every so many miles. Yeah. You just do it, and that's what you have to do for maintenance. And um, so to to step out and do something different, you know, that was that was really hard for me because I was a really big uh, preventive maintenance kind of guy. You know, let's change that oil yeah. every 3,000 miles and check that box. <clears throat> so. Mm-hmm. But some of the sickest dogs I've ever seen in practice are the ones who are up to date mm-hmm. every year on their shots. You know, over 10 years old, vaccinated every year, though. We we did exactly. just what we were supposed to do. Yep. Yeah. But it's a recipe for disaster. It is. And, um, you know, we have we have the proof of it now with all the cancer we see in animals. And I'm not saying all that's from vaccines, but a lot of it's from environment, too. Oh, sure. Yeah. But environmental it's a, factors and diet factors, but all yeah. that together, you put that all together with an animal who's born already with a weak life force. Yep. And, you know, it's just going to steamroll them eventually. Sure. Yeah. It's cumulative. So, it all kind of works together. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I would encourage people to check out, like you said, um, well, well, your podcast, Excellence, and then Dr. Falconer. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of good information on his website and his podcasts. And, For sure. Uh, Dogs Naturally, places like that. And you can extrapolate that information over to cats, too, or to any species, really. You know, I have friends that do a lot of homeopathy with horses and, um, you know, minimal or no vaccines for horses works great. And, you know, because horses are very sensitive yeah. to a lot of things, too. And they, they respond real well to homeopathic treatment. So That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else that you can think of, any other tips that might be important for pet parents to know regarding this topic? Um, I, th- I think the main thing would be to, um, you know, really search your heart see where you stand on this issue Mm -hmm. because if it is important to you then i think it's really worth pursuing it 
and spending a little time, you know, going diving deeper and really getting into some good information and um, just the basic things, you know, even starting with nutrition. When I first started to think more holistically, I first thing I did was really try to learn more about nutrition. That's where I really started. And then I, once I felt like I had a fairly good handle on that or I was better, I, I branched out and um, took the homeopathy training. Mm-hmm. And that, that really revolutionized everything in my mind and in my, in my practice, really, just the way I thought about things. So I think, I think just not being afraid to um, just look into it and learn something new. And it, it will really be worthwhile. It'll pay off. And Absolutely. Yeah. I would I would bet that their own health would change too. And you that know. is so true. Mine and the did thing too. that I hear yeah. over and over, and I bet you hear this too, is I do all this in my own life. Why hadn't I thought about mm. doing this in my pet's life? That's right. That's you what know? I usually hear. I never hear it the other way around that yeah. I started doing this for my dog and I thought I better do it for myself. Yeah. It's always we do this already. Yeah. You know, we don't vaccinate ourselves, we don't vaccinate our kids, we eat healthy and so why not but they usually say i didn't know this was an option for my dog exactly i didn't know i could do that because my vet never said anything about it that's right <laughs> yeah so well and now they can say anything yeah. about it so what i'm going to do is i'm going to search for that um article that you wrote as well the march april 2019 um and put that in the show notes along with the um the holistic yeah. veterinarian um, I have it on well. a PDF. I can just link it to you. Um, oh, yeah, that'd be great. I can just share it with you. Yep, that'd be great. Yeah. And that way I can attach it. So, great. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that hopefully we have been able to help some <clears throat> pet parents that are, they're feeling like they they don't want to do some of the things. Maybe they do have that senior dog and they're getting pressured to vaccinate for everything and they in their gut they know it's not the right thing to do but they don't know how to stand up to their vet um you know i think hopefully we've given them some tools to to uh to you know have that confidence uh, yeah you know, yeah exactly and i guess the last thing i would say is yeah don't be afraid to have that talk with your vet because i had i had several clients approach me and try to teach me things when i was still pretty conventional and it was actually one of my clients who finally gave me a book to read. And I actually read it a few months after he gave it to me. That's great. But, wow. But that sparked my interest. And that, that really got me going. Um, I talk about it in the Facing Vet Police article. But uh, so it was a client, really, plus my own experience. But everything came together at the right time. You know, like they say, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Exactly. But what if that guy, you know, that client had not you know, offered that. That's, that's yeah. really cool. I like yeah, that. Yeah. But he would come in year after year and all he wanted to do, the only thing he ever wanted to do was rabies vaccine. He didn't want to do any other vaccines or any heartworm prevention. And I just, I always thought he was just kind of kooky, honestly, <laughs> you know, and I just thought he was lucky that his dog was so healthy. Yeah. But his dog was one of the healthiest dogs we saw. And uh, so, but now I know better. I know it's because he wasn't doing a lot of these other things that I was trying to get him yeah and (laughs) so well and that's a big question i get a lot too you know whenever i say i don't vaccinate or i don't do heartworm and you know everyone the next question is what do you do instead and and so 
one of my, you know, uh, go-to responses is it, I live a very intentional lifestyle with my dogs. It's not just haphazardly, I don't want to vaccinate just because, or I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to skip this month on the heartworm pill. It's, it's very intentional on, you know, feeding them species appropriate diet, you know, giving their immune system the support it needs, you know, um, so yeah, yeah. And then giving them tools and suggestions on what to do instead. Yeah. They, and, and they are amazingly designed, you know, contrary to popular opinion that says they are flawed beings that are, you know, broken and need a lot of fixing. Most animals are finely tuned, you know, yeah. miracles. And if they have the right food in the right situation, they're just going to thrive. Absolutely. And, and they're going to, you know, amaze us of what they can do. Yeah. I know it's yeah. amazing sometimes when I see some of the the pets that have been over vaccinated, you know, year after year and they're, they're, you know, they're not thriving, but they're not doing as bad as you might think, you know, you're Mm -hmm. thinking, goodness, this poor dog, you know, or this poor cat, you know, yeah. but that speaks to the, you know, they are amazing and their body's trying to get to homeostasis and imbalance. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing that they can do as well as they can in those situations, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, think how well they could do without those things, though. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. They could, yeah, they could be yeah. super dogs and cats. Well, um, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Todd, for sharing your, um, you know, your information and knowledge around this. I think it's been super helpful. And um, and as I said, I'll I'll add the article that you wrote to the show notes along with the Holistic Veterinarian Um, link so people can kind of do their own research as well very good okay all right thank you thank you thank you thank you so much for listening in today if you love this episode share it with someone who may also want to help their pet you can share it now or post it on social media tag me in it so i can reach back out to you i'm so proud of you for taking steps to help your amazing furry family member talk to you soon